Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And just thank you for joining us. This is the strategy podcast where we sort of look at structure and strategy. It's the double S. We're back and big for an early preseason here. As always, today brought to you by splashvodka.com.au. Uh, or socials as well, SC Insider 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. That stuff will be coming out shortly. This is exclusively for YouTube. So please do search, subscribe, like us, uh, Supercoach Insider on YouTube. Swizz, it's very interesting. The Supercoach is open for the those that have the early team picker. Um, I've got COVID again, so I'm trying to get my spreadsheets up to date. I'm actually talking to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach guys as well. I think they've started doing some stats. I'm like, look, let's just try and come together, boys, because I'm about 12, 13 teams down out of 18 as far as prices and positions um, and all of the rest of it. So it's going to be good spreadsheeting time. Uh, Swiss, how are you today? Yeah, mate, I'm good. I was pretty crook the last couple of weeks. I know you, you've been traveling a bit bad as well, but yeah, back at work, uh, well, recovered in time for Christmas and then Boxing Day, which was awesome. Um, anybody who follows me on socials would have seen uh, – me out there in the centre there with our um, Austrian import Jivan. Me and her got to hold the Australian flag, which was a bit of a highlight for Boxing Day. So, yeah, now the body decided to get myself up right at the right time. So, yeah, everybody knows I'm really into my cricket and that and BBL Supercoach and Parkfield and everything to do with that and to have that honour um, was awesome. It's been an awesome couple of cricket uh, months because of cricket. Um you know, if, if I thought the highlight of meeting Elise Perry was going to be hard to top, but, you know, being there on Boxing Day. But, you know, the other passion is footy and the Mighty Tigers and Supercoach, and it's quite, it's great to be back. And it's not 2023 yet, but we're coming just that little bit early for our viewers. So, yeah, mate, it's oh, going to be awesome. It could be, could be a great time to be a Tiger supporter too with your inclusions. Um, and obviously Bolton signing an extension as well. So, yeah, look, for me, it's it's – COVID, man. I've got bad luck. It's probably because I bite my nails. It's seriously bad luck. Um, Mrs. went and the baby went and stayed at her mum's house. They're COVID-free, so it's been really great. Jumped on that bullet. The bad thing was is that I pretty much had to sit in the pool area, have Christmas breakfast. My missus and baby came and saw me through the pool fence. Uh, and then I was sitting up on the top deck at home watching um, you know, my my sister, both my sisters and you know all these kids and stuff use the pool, use the backyard, having a swim, playing backyard cricket. And I'm literally looking through the, you know, the, the palings. Uh, on what was Christmas Day. So um, I know you don't have to isolate anymore, but for me, I've got a, what, a 33-week uh, pregnant missus, uh, another baby as well. So you're kind of just trying to do those things that you can to keep your family safe. Um, speaking of safe, there is no safe structure, Swiss. So what we want to do is we want to get into – I thought you were going to actually work into a Chris joke there. It's like oh, speaking about safe. But no, Chris, Chris <laughs> yeah, congratulations I, a, to- I really should have a cut, cardboard cutout of him because I know he's usually there with you. But um, he's actually down here with me. But, he and is unfortunately, very much. there's no surprise where he's going to jump over my shoulder, but I will be seeing the great man tomorrow. And congratulations as well to um, Chris and his partner as well, Liza, with their baby Noah. So um, he was talking about Noah, and I was like, who's Noah? Like, as a joke, <laughs> who's this kid? Uh, but congratulations to them. So hopefully, Chris will get on at some point during this preseason. I'm sure he'll pop up when um, Collingwood's around because. 
he can't even get off of the chats at the moment, giving Carlton players a whole bunch of crap about Collingwood beating them and knocking them out of the finals. So um, we do but want yeah, to get safe into safe structure, mate. Safe structure, structure, <laughs> structure, structure, structure. So um, first things first is we want to talk about this, the new bench rule, right? So you have the sub and now you can pull this sub at any time, which is kind of what some teams were doing, um, but now it's a given. So for me, straight off the top of my head, there's two people that are going to be heavily now at risk or impacted by this. So number one, if you're a rookie who gets a game, right, you're guaranteed that they'll get on at some point now. So that means that if they're an emergency or that fifth player, whatever they want to call it, right, you are now at risk of them scoring low. So it's going to stunt cash generation. It's going to cause a whole bunch of issues. On top of that, who's going to go off the field? So if there's no injuries, someone's going off the field. So for me, there are two people at risk. Number one is rucks. So some teams might start with the two rucks. And as we saw already, it's like, oh, Mason Cox is now injured and he's gone off um, and get a bit more run through the legs. So the big boys tend to tire a little bit. So they might start with a two-prong system. Uh, automatically, I'm thinking, you know, Collingwood with Mason, also Hawthorne as well. Now, Hawthorne have, you know, Reeves. Uh, they also got Meek as well from Fremantle, how they, if they use him or not. Uh, we, uh, I, I, think see... we did, I think we had a bit of a chat about that and saying, yeah, is there many clubs that actually don't do the two ruck strategy now on that? Like, there's so many of them that have, that have gone to that. Um, and even like you look like Richmond with Nank and Soldo and that, and it means players like that are going to play, but they're going to play the three quarters. And last quarter, yeah, that that run. Unless outside of, I think, Sydney, if uh, Sydney were to pick Will, Will Gould, I think Longmire would still keep him on the bench in that sub. Uh, I best. think you're right. He but, can't He can't play. <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, no, I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, the lines, like Darcy Fort, you guys brought in, I can see him being a big sub candidate if you don't have any injuries in that three-quarter time and be like, let's get some fresh legs on here. Um, so I think there's going to be some good scoring for rucks. That'll be interesting for that number one ruck come the last quarter um, because club teams are going to be wanting to get that that speed out there. But, yeah, definitely that's the, that's your number one candidate. And who, who you got a second, mate? Yeah, well, I just think it's going to stunt that second ruck sort of role. And it just might mean that first rucks as well might not be as prominent because they might have to share some of those duties for the first, at least first half of a game, maybe first three quarters um, the only benefit is, I guess, last quarter scaling might help them. Um, the other one is is rookies. Rookies themselves, if there's no injury. So if there's an injury, then all's null and void because someone will come on probably earlier and that rookie might actually get a good run. But the other thing is rookies that may be fairly new to the game, they already have a fairly low time on ground already, right? And if they're not playing the best game, so if you had like a McDonald or someone from um, Hawthorne, maybe didn't have a great game, low time on ground already, they're like, well, you're only, only playing 50 60% as it is at the moment, you're not really having a great game. So off you get fresh legs on and um, go about it that way. So for me, it's rucks and rookies that are probably the biggest risk at this current point in time. Yeah. And I think you might see some clubs there that last sort of 10, 15 minutes of a third quarter, those rookies, if they've got no real injuries, let them have a real spurt out there knowing that, well, if we get through these next 15 minutes, that kid's coming off. Uh, it doesn't matter if they've, they're spent. So you might get a, a slight little spike there, but yeah, that whole last quarter, they're not going to be involved. Yeah, it just makes it interesting. And now even if you're fringe best 22, there's a chance that you'll be either sent off or be the emergency and come on. And it's just, you know, when you talk about pricing and super coach, there's, they literally, they don't give a shit. If mm. you play 10 minutes, well, guess what, buddy? You get bugger all points. 
Um, we, we've it, seen it in the Supercoach BBL. Like, how, how are the Thunder, who <laughs> made 15 a few weeks ago, chase a game none down? And I think everyone had Riley uh, Russo from South Africa sitting at number three, makes zero down his value went and that they like so it doesn't matter in what form of super coach game you play if if your player doesn't score but they're involved in that match yeah bad luck what about bergman one game for the year minus one super coach <laughs> for north melbourne so look it does happen um that's my big concern and and for me when i'm looking at you know structure and strategy yes if you know injuries and it's just whole balance because it's like well hey this person's cheap and everyone's like oh but they're injury prone i'm like well no shit but they're cheap I don't need them to play the whole season necessarily. I just need them to play. And at least if you kind of go for players that you know should and will be best 22, I think that weighs a lot more than some of these speculation ones because I think we've gotten away last year a little bit. Sometimes you see their, their, their growth you know, get stunted. But generally you kind of, before the sub rule and all the rest of it, you could rely on these rookies to really generate cash because if they played, they played the whole game and they weren't really at risk of that. So now it's a little bit of a different scenario that combined with the extra trades combined with the boost, right? I'm starting to think that guns and rookies is probably getting faded out a little bit more. Uh, it's always the way you went. Whereas now I can see a lot more value going, okay, well, maybe there are some mid prices that, you know, should be playing. So you might not maybe make as much cash necessarily. Like it might be a slower a burn. However, you can guarantee that they will play each week and you can guarantee that they're not going to get subbed off or be the emergency player and then have their growth stunted. Um, and that's where those sort of the nice, you know, two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar player can really come in play because with the boost as well, you can get quite aggressive in turning that player into a premium rather than having to try and downgrade two rookies to another rookie who might not be very good anyway. So that's my original thoughts going into the season. Um and that's sort of where I sit with. So where do you sit with as far as um looking at your overall team structure at the moment and your original thoughts um well do you want me to like kind of run through it now we can have a bit of discussion yeah like are, are you guns and rookies or are you going uh, looking at value at this point mate i always like to sneak some value in there it's just about how much i, I don't overdo the value i still like uh, i feel like nearly in each line outside the rucks i like to have at least you know your two th well in the midfield is sort of your three more guns but definitely a couple guns in there try to fit at least one value player and then get this couple of the better rookies on field so for example the defense there tommy stewart and dawson um you know they're the ones Do you have three premiums or two so i've just got the two and, and you've then, gone those two that's so yeah. funny so have i yeah literally yeah. dawson and stewart because there's stewart. so many speculative ones i have toyed with dacos yeah uh, i'm not sure with I'm seeing the he's inclusions. popping up in a lot of teams already and that um well, i always get worried value. about second year but yeah it is it's yeah, still second potentially year value but yeah. He'll probably get more attention as well second year. I am intrigued. If he gets – and with Tom Mitchell and stuff coming in, I'm like, okay, well, is he going to be on, on the back line where he might get some attention or is he going to get a little bit more through the midfield? Um, like anything, we can be swung through the preseason. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think they, they just look good. Jackie Bowes is sitting there at D3. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, Bowes, right. Sorry, Bose. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, sorry. Yeah. The, I was thinking the, of um the Melbourne guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, um. Um, Bowery. Bow yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Bose. Yes. Yeah, yes. Bose, just because, yeah, obviously high picks gone to Geelong now. They, they're not picking him up for no reason. Obviously, they got a really good draft pick out of that too. But yeah, the um, I think at the moment, he's the value guy in the defense. And then you've got those uh, cheaper defenders, so but who have already played before and Gota, McKenna, and Constable. 
So they're the they're the ones on field just because yep. they look like the best job security at the moment. Like Connor McKenna has only gone to the Lions because he must have been guaranteed that halfback spot. Um, you would think so. Um, maybe he'll, he'll play one halfback with uh, Rich on the other side, or maybe he's coming off the bench as that seventh defender. Charlie Constable, you know, at some point you think he's got to be good enough to play and the Suns just continue to lose players and yeah, Goat has played before. So that's kind of what I was looking at that. I want to look, usually that's what I try to do. Sometimes if I if there's not enough good defenders, I'll fit in the extra premium and then that premium comes out of the forward line because every year we seem to pick up some uh, forward rookies and the defender rookies aren't that great. But at the moment, they don't look too bad. Okay, so you've gone with like a a 2-2-2 structure. So two premiums, two... Kind of more two. It's more two, two, one, two, two, one, one, three. But the three rookies are... I guess McKenna's cheap enough that you would yeah. say, okay, yeah, and that's would, fair enough. Yeah, at one sixty-seven, he's just he's a weird, a bit of a weird price, but we know what he can do. And and Goda, yeah, maybe not the best at one ninety-two, but just because of his, uh, you know, high pick and and everything around the fact that he should get a lot of games, one ninety-two, it's not the worst idea, dual position as well. Yeah, interesting. So I've got Wilmont, but I'm not sure how McKenna and a few others coming that's back in will hurt him. Yep. But again, I'll keep him in as a place setter. I'm not worried. You kind of put in some rookies. They're interchangeable at this point. Uh, you're going to change your team a thousand times anyway. Exactly. But um, I actually quite like these. We'll get into this in our individual segments as well. But I've gone like 2-2-2 two, two, two with McKenna as a rookie. Uh, I've got Yo in and Bose mm-hmm. as well with McKenna, Wilmot, Dean and Gould. Hoping yep. that they'll actually get a game. We'll see. Again, interchangeable. Uh, and I've kind of got a similar structure even in the forward line, like 2-2-2. Two, two, two. For me, my original thoughts are to stack in my midfield because I think that's where a lot of the points are to be had. That's where a lot of the consistency and the captaincy scores are, especially that we can't rely on rucks this year. I think rucks mm. are probably the biggest problem that we will have all preseason. So for me, I'm trying to get some security, some less standard deviation, and I'm loading up like five deep if I can. Um, yeah, so and I've that, gone, that, I've gone five deep with, yeah. Yeah, so I've gone five deep in the mid with Hopper. Ashcroft, Wardlaw, and Phillips on the bench. Uh, and I've just gone five consistent ones with Oliver, uh, Neil, Tukmiller, McRae, and Steele. Steele being a little bit of value. McRae should get some more time with Dunkley going. Uh, and then the others just as just consistency with a lot of, you know, 125, 130 plus scores. Um, and that's my bulk of my money in my midfield. And then I'll just go into my forward line with a 2-2-2. I've gone Dunkley and Taranto because I think they're, well, A, Dunkley's killing it. Uh, he'll be playing midfield. And Taranto has that value midfield sort of selection. And then Fife and McLean, I've kind of included McLean as that sort of mid-pricer. Um, I could go a little bit more expensive. There are some other $200,000 players that I am interested in. Um, and then King and Coburn and McRae and, and et cetera on the bench. What yeah. have you got for your structure? Yeah, so, and I don't mind, like, I'll usually try to pick the more expensive rookies at the moment because it's easier to go down than it is to so go up if they, they start firing. Um, so midfield, I've only got the three primos in the moment, Oliver, Bont, and McRae. Yeah, and because um, I always think the the better rookies are in the midfield um, and some some value. So some that will probably change, but at the moment three. it's three. And a couple of people already know, I, I talked about this recently, that I had a dream. Bont goes down first quarter of the fir- first round. So he's a very much a place getter in my team because – um, um, I, I think that may come true. I'm a bit worried about that because I think he was going to smash it this year. Um, but then my two, my next two are Tommy Green and Hopper. Um, most likely Green might go up to one of the other premiums, 
And I just yeah, so if, if I had a way, I would. I yeah. want green in my team. And that's I really, I, I honestly do. But I'm like, well, I'll just pay the extra hundred and get like a steal. Yeah, you know, and it's, and it's, I, it, that'll be one of the big discussions, especially if he does in the preseason, like he started the season last year, and then it'll be like, okay, can we save the? Well, what's he at five uh, thirty-four? So you're nearly saving a hundred k. He could put out yeah. those numbers again, and I know Abdul was big on him last year and and look how he started and no Taranto, no Hopper. That's the big wanting, thing now. I was wanting to have Hopper up to green and yeah. I was like, how do I do it? I was like, if I go Elliot Yo down to a rookie and then go similar to you with, you know, Bose as my third and then McKenna as my fourth, then all of a sudden I've got enough money to go Hopper straight to green and then I'd have a six deep midfield, which would be absolutely sensational. Yeah, so um, and then then it goes Ashcroft, and then I've got Cunningham and Blakely. Again, it's mature age guys who, if you, you'd hope that they get first crack, but we find a lot of those times those boys get injured and stuff. So then that's where the structure kind of changes a little bit. But so that's why Will yeah. Phillips for me he had what Glenn Fever and then got injured. He at one fifty eight, he's cheaper now yeah. by like fifty k so he, than he's he drafted. One, which is the same price as um, Cunningham. And, I think he's 5K yeah. cheaper. So And Johnson that, as well for Frio should have got a game. Sin for um, Port Adelaide only played yeah, like one Sin game as a sub. After that, the couple times I've played with it. So we've, um, there's, there's a couple guys there very interchangeable, but um, I think I had Cunningham in because once um, Carlton's injury started happening again with Walshie and I think Hewitt and stuff, I was like, well, He's back in the side and that if he's fit. So not that he's going to get a midfield role, but it just points are going to go somewhere. But yeah, I think um, a couple of those boys you mentioned will end up. Well, Port also had like, yeah, Motlop, Motlop retired, Mays and um, Skinner and stuff get delisted. Yep. So they did rate him enough. I think he just had a bit of bad luck. So yeah. hopefully he can make his way in the team. But again, you know, 30K cheaper than what he was last year. And he's still a, a first round pick. Yep. So they're the ones that I'm kind of looking at a little bit more if I can. Where, um, and then where we get the real difference is my forward line because I've got at the moment, and this is where one most likely comes out, but Dunkley, Cornelio, Taranto, Darcy, Cameron, and then Fife at F5. Oh, right. Okay. So yes. what's your ruck line then? If you've got so Darcy, Cameron in your I've forward got line? English and Darcy with the um, Samson Ryan as the loophole for Darcy Cameron. I think Darcy Cameron plays well when Cox will be out there, yeah, but he's, yeah. the, he's the number one ruck. And uh, what's he, 460? Um, yeah, four sixty five, including yeah. a forward eligible, and yeah. he finished. He finished on a lot of hundreds. Yeah. So I think there is definitely He's, a lot of meat on and, the bone. And I'm not worried about Brody Grundy now this year. It's, no, it's, see, here's the thing. Uh, I've been, I've gone Dunkley, Taranto, Fife, McLean. I've got a, a lot of value. I guess I've spent more on my midfield. You've spent mm. more on your forwards. Um, I don't think Cornelio is as, as sure of bet as he was previous years. Um, and he always has that tendency to drop some low scores. So I'm kind of probably waiting to pick him up on the dip. He's the one that probably comes out for maybe like your McLean or somebody like that. And to that money goes cash. into that yeah, yeah. midfield is that extra guy. But for I now, hate, I hate the ruck lines, but that's why at the moment I'm so, I was big on Darcy Cameron last year. Once Grundy, like I think Chris and I, was it that went early on that? Um, and English and Darcy as good as they are when most of those rucks are. They just worry me about durability. So I yeah. think that he is just the perfect player sitting there going at any point. I'm not like you guys had with English last year. Um, you're just not stressed because you can put your F your forward into your mid uh, into your ruck at any point. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I hate the ruck line and to the point where 
I feel like if, um, you know, Segler is going to be the number one ruck for Geelong and because he didn't really get his body right for most of the year. He was fine at the end, but then Geelong kept winning, so it was hard for him to kind of get in. Um, there is still that risk with Stanley, I guess, lingering over his shoulder. I'm kind of wanting to be tempted by someone that's 350K in the ruck. Uh, at the moment, I've got Cameron as my R2, similar to what I had this year uh, just gone, uh, where I had English in that sort of role, kind of as a playsetter because I wasn't sure on set and forget last year. It's even more so now. I don't want to lock two rucks in if I'm going to have to trade them both out because I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and I've had, you know, Marshall in in that side because I think, you know, with Ryder going out, he might be able to improve. He was the, but I he also, was the biggest lock until King went down injured. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, well, he might go, he'll go forward and then um, you, I'm you like have that, Campbell. Was it Hayes and Campbell? Because they've got Campbell there, depending on how Hay, Hay, Hayes came back from that injury he had yep. last year. They might, yeah, go Campbell, play Marshall more forward, and that's where this sub rule goes. Okay, does do they get to three quarter time? No injury, Tom Campbell off your car, Marshall. You've yeah. got the whole last quarter to yourself. But do yeah. I really want to have three quarters of Marshall playing majority forward? Um, no, and no. so you know who I've got in as my R one at this moment. Yeah. Grundy. <laughs> oh wow! See, I actually had Mark Blusarves in at one point there, oh, that's, and that's, that's even worse than mine. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. I was just like, no, I need a natural. Uh, how ruck. much do how much do rucks suck? Oh. And and here's the thing. So this is where the Grundy thing comes in, right? Because obviously he was you know only played six games, so there is a discount average one hundred three point five. So it's like okay, right? But Gorn specifically said because like, oh, aren't you worried like getting Grundy in? And Gorn's like, I'll play any other role. Like, I do not care. He can come in and be the number one ruck because we know Gorn can go forward. Gorn can go back. You know, Gorn might do the first tap out of a center bounce and then go behind the ball, sort of like what Stanley did um, in the grand final for Geelong. And then Blycarves or whatever would run through and and take the next thing forward or whatever would be happening. Um, so I actually think there's a little bit of meat on the bone for Grundy. I think. Um, Gorn's going to probably take a more sacrificial role because he already said to get Grundy there that he will play it, you know, anything else. So I think Grundy might actually have the lion's share and then be able to move around elsewhere. So I don't know. It, it's all going to depend on the preseason for me. But when oh, I look at the ruck line, yeah, uh, Riley O'Brien could absolutely, you know, win me over, but I doubt it. Darcy could, you know, he's doing great things apart from grabbing someone's neck in a marking contest. But again, practicing forward. So it's like, great, you're a ruck, but you're practicing a forward craft at training. Luke so good Jackson's job. coming in now. And the, how yeah, many, well, how Meek's gone, which helps. But, but yeah, but Jackson's better than Meek. So. Yeah, and English I like, but again, he's now 580. So I'm like, well, you know, and again, do they play Sweet or, or someone else in that sort of lineup? You know, uh, Wits is good, but he's six, I'm not paying 605000 for a guy that ended up averaging 80 for the back end of the year. Yeah. The left, um, field, the left field one's Natanui. Yeah. And that, and that's what was it two years ago, three years ago, when people jumped on him and got rewarded because he came back off that injury. He probably does um, suit with the extra sub guy and that because they always have that option of, you know, you know, resting him more because then they can bring on fresh legs and stuff because he does spend quite a bit of time on the bench. But they sold Ruck West Coast. They're the, one of the few teams that you very rarely see the second Ruck go in. It would probably be Oscar Allen just, you know, a little bit of a breather here and there, but yeah, I think um, he he could be that real left field one. Um, I didn't mind Nank, but he just doesn't get the the big scores. Grundy's at a great price. Um, GWS you just don't touch with their rucks because each week it should be Bruce, but each week they seem to change who their number one ruck is. So um, yeah. I've heard a couple of people tempted by Draper because he kind of is the number one guy at Essendon, but he just doesn't have that 
pedigree of high scores. No, he gets goal of the year, but then that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah. But can I, we I would... can we agree that it's hard to set and forget your rucks though, because oh, it, it's so sure. open, and you never know. Like someone might come through, like Gorn did, and yep. just absolutely tear it up. Where you're just kind of going, "Holy crap!" You know, when you know, like Oscar McInerney could just come out and just be absolutely looking like he's the best thing ever for the year. Uh, Rowan Marshall could be doing the exact same thing. We're like, well, we can't get rid, you know, we can't play anyone else because of of what's going on. So, uh, or Riley O'Brien has that potential with his high ceiling. He could absolutely go on a heater. Right, um, right age, everything like that. Yeah. You know, so they're, um, the, they're the things that I just don't like, especially if we don't have, you know, Gorn and Grundy like we used to. I just don't like setting in two rucks and just hoping that they're one of the two. Yeah. I'd rather have that flexibility on how, maybe have a Cameron there. And then kind of go, okay, well, I've got one. So at least if I'm wrong with that one, then I can just trade hmm. instead of trying to be wrong twice. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so that's yeah. interesting. On, on the update, Alex Carey, first GWS captain, just got out for 111, a Boxing Day test. Uh, nice, yeah, that's why we here. delayed this, so just so we can watch that little bit. So, um, But, yeah, any other final thoughts as far as, you know, strategy or structure moving up? Um, well, uh, it always comes down to like, yeah, as we've seen some of those preseason moves, like you always get the, oh, this guy's getting more midfield time and stuff like that. But until you actually properly see it in the the, the hit outs, um, that's what you kind of want want to see. Um, the main thing we're looking at now is the, the teams that have um, introduced the new players, the um, like is in the traded players and how that affects their role. Um, so, for example, Richmond's a big one with like Taranta and Hopper, but how does that affect everybody else's role in there? And the, um, so that's sort of the, every, the ones for every the moment, hyped player, player. For every hyped player, there's like three failed. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, so you, there's four hyped, one will succeed, three will fail. We look last year and it's like, oh, Taran Thomas, Taran Thomas, and then what did he do? Fall off an absolute cliff. cliff you know, yeah. um, Phillips as well. I think it was two years ago. Taran Thomas. Well, um, yeah, two years ago, I think it was Phillips and, um, you know, SC Elites was like, oh, Phillips would be like number one forward. And they made that bet with us and lost yeah. horribly. Uh, but again, fell off a cliff now, delisted. So there's all of these hype things, yeah. right? Outside of, outside, of us hyping up, outside of us hyping up Petrarca. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when you look at, you know, Butters last year, he was very hyped, but then started off well, fell off a cliff. So that would have been a bad trade-in. So there's all of these scenarios where everyone's going up in average. No one's ever going down. People are like, oh, Boke's killing it. Let's get on Boke and then falls off a cliff. Green, oh, Green's killing it and then falls off a cliff. Do you know what I mean? So you're looking for that longevity. These premiums are premiums for a reason, especially ones that have done it year after year after year. Um, you know, even McRae, everyone's like, oh, you know, getting off McRae, but he still had a great year uh, mm. as far as averaging. So that's what I'm sort of looking at. Instead of trying to pick all of these breakout players, maybe just kind of, if you're going to, pick one per line knowing that you can only be really be wrong three times. Oh, Chris wants in. <laughs> Did you see that message? Um, no, I didn't. The, the, but that, and that's what I'm saying, sort of like with Dunkley. So I look at the big players so in particular. So Dunkley going to Brisbane, what am I hearing about their structure? But then what's that affecting the Bulldogs? On that? And that's why Bont and McRae are sitting there at the moment because that's a big chunk of their midfield gone. So yeah. I, haven't heard Dunkley... any, I haven't heard anything of the Dogs changing anything up. Like, it's not like they've gone and recruited somebody to bring in that position. The other one naturally looking at is the injuries that are already going down. So that's the one where Ben King goes down. Okay. I mean, not Ben King, um, Max King yeah, goes Mitch. down. Max King, yeah. So it's like, okay, St. Kilda structure. Who are they looking at bringing maybe as a, um extra top-up player if they're not bringing anyone in? Okay, what is what is the news about Marshall? Where is he training because of that? You know, So that's the kind of stuff I'm looking at at the moment because – 
these injuries happen so early in the season, the clubs actually have time to prepare for them. Um, yep. So what they're probably practicing is what's going to happen. And that's why we usually do the spreadsheet tracking injuries as well. I know it seems a bit mundane, but trying to pick people that haven't had uh, an interrupted preseason. So if someone's had a surgery in the off season and they're not training again until January or end of January, then you kind of go, okay, well, they really need to show me a lot in order for me to actually kind of try and put them across the line. Um, and that's it. Just kind of keeping an eye, read everything, you know, clubs are trying to prop up their own players to boost memberships as well. So like, Oh, this person's flying, this person's flying, this person's flying. And it's like, okay, well, you might write down, hey, from this club, these three people are flying. But then you watch a preseason game going, well, hang on, he's playing forward pocket and he's not actually flying. Then you just disregard everything that you said. Um, and as far as the structure, so we've got, you know, three premiums, three rookies, guns and rookies, um, two, two and two. So it's more your mid-price mix. But again, rookies will dictate your structure. So we've had previous years, like the years just gone by, last year and the year before, there were no defensive rookies or barely any that was secure. So people that were, went with guns and rookies really struggled because they didn't have that continuity in their rookies being able to play. Mm-hmm. So we end up having some years of four or five premium defenders just because there wasn't much mid-price or rookies there. And on the flip side, we you know there are times where we just start with so many rookies in our for, or you know mid-prices in our forward line. We're like, okay, well, Cornelio, we didn't consider to be a mid-pricer. Next minute, he's a premium. So it's like, okay, that's fine. The years uh, where we had Zebel and Impey and people looking and going, hang on, you've only got one premium. And it's like, yes, but that's where the value is this year. And the rookies, you know, it, so pretty much when you look at it, it's like, this is my structure, but feel free to throw it completely out the window because your rookies are going to determine where you invest on field and where you actually invest those players. And then you look at the money you have left to go, okay, well, there's plenty of rookies. I'm going straight with my premium structure. There's a couple of rookies and a few mid prices I like. Then you'll go with a bit of a blend. Um, or if there's nothing in one line, then you just have to kind of stack it and then shift and be very flexible and fluid and don't get yourself locked in too tight too early. That's yep. it for me. And, the, and then you can start playing like those premiums, and it's a good way to pick because picking your rookies are valued and then your premiums because then the premiums you choose is that you start looking at your buy structures and things like that. So, yeah, you go, okay, I can pick in three midfielders. Okay, do I want to pick one midfielder from each, well, now four buys? Um, because of that Gold Coast buy on the, the separate weekend. But we can have, yeah, I might go, okay, I've got a lot of rookies or a lot of value players at the moment of sitting, say, round 12, for example. Okay, I might not want to take the primos from round 12 because that might end up mucking me up because you see we had the players like last year, like your Dacos and um, you know, most likely this year, like your Will Ashcroft might not be just that you know upgrade target early. They become more longevity um rookie which you hope that you might be able to take deep into the season so how messed up are the buys though oh they are aren't they they're so tricky lucky for those yeah, Gold Coast and Geelong, seen it. so round 12 we've got brisbane freo st kilda and sydney this year um which yeah, four teams okay four teams four which teams. is fine which that's one that already goes okay is it a locking hill or a brace or that i don't start because that might be the one that I upgrade as one of those last yeah, ones. I think that's dangerous um, though, trying to not start because you've got 11 rounds of Lockie Neal probably tearing up the right, front end of the right. year. So it might not and be him, as, but it might be a steel, steel on value. Steel or it might be a Mills and that because, but. I'm leaving Sydney and Frio for the fact that maybe it'll be Mills, maybe it'll be Brayshaw. I don't think steel will get much cheaper than that, you know, He's starting at 600. So what's yeah. at best? He goes 560, 570. So yeah. I think you're just paying you're, for that you're consistency. paying for what you're getting, getting, but am I able to get more points out of someone else before I get them in after they buy? I don't know. But, yeah, the Gold, the Geelong Gold Coast is by themselves in that round 13, which is going to be very interesting there. 
and then round 14, then we've got the full buys where you've got the Crows, Pies, Pies and Demons this year, not the last buy, um, and then Essendon, Hawthorne, West Coast, and then um, round 15, the final buy, Carlton North, Port Adelaide, Richmond, Bulldogs, and the Giants. Uh, so those round 15 ones become a bit awkward because oh. by then you want full teams. Um, and you yeah. see some a lot of play, people don't have a lot of those players. Um, it's handy North Melbourne because you think they're going to probably struggle, even with Clarko coming on board uh, this year. The Giants, you're probably going to think are going to struggle. New coach, um, have invested in a lot of young talent. So I don't see myself having a really a high percentage of those players, which is fine. But how many sort of Port Richmond, Carlton, Bulldogs players do I really want to have? Um, because that round couldn't really affect you. Even with the yep. best 18, um, yeah, you, you probably can have, you know, you might have a couple, but if they're premium players and everyone else has got sort of more primos, um, yeah. But but again, it depends how you play. We play four leagues, so what I finished 305 last year, let's throw that in. Um, but a lot of people still play for, I mean, not leagues overall, but um, if you play for leagues, you might just go, okay, I sacrificed one of those rounds. I couldn't care less. Let's load up on every other round. So yeah, it all depends yeah. on how you play. And the worst part is there's not even that many Suns or Geelong players that are worth having in your overall team. Like, what is it? Took Geelong, what, Dangerfield? Or Stewart? Stewart's a good one. So Took and Stewart, I think, are probably must-starts because if it's best 18, you people are going to have a fully stacked side anyway. So you mm-hmm. might as well have a few premiums that you miss out and play some rookies for that one week. Uh, I'm trying to heavily avoid people with that round 15 buy. Uh, you know, like not fully, but I'm just looking at McRae, and um, probably like Taranto as the only two kind of keepers that I'm having from that. I would love Walsh when he comes back in. I'm not starting Crips or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it's too heavy because if you get to that last round and you're missing a lot of your players, it's going to be real tough. And even rookies, you're going to just have to hope that, you know, you trade out a rookie through these buyers that happens to be playing that round otherwise. Um, I'm definitely looking at trying to not front load, but have a couple in the first one. Just because, again, there's only four teams. So even if you miss out a couple of players from those teams, you, you can still probably feel the fairly good side. Load up if, you know, like say um, Real is start to, starts to get some traction. I know it sounds silly, but you could go, okay, well, you know, Real's definitely someone that could play that round. Or Dangerfield, if he starts having a, a Dangerfield-like year, unlike the one that he had just gone, um, you know, could be a sort of option to sort of balance it out. And then looking to aggressively trade some of those other players in, um, and then trying to, again, look at Adelaide. So Laird, Collingwood, there's definitely some premiums there. Essendon's got lots of premiums. Melbourne's got lots of premiums. So I'd be trying to really, really, really use my boosts and any kind of trade sort of value I have to try and load up for round 15 and get a lot of those 14 buy players and just load up. Yeah. I'd be yeah. I'd be going to boost for sure, loading up for that. We're probably a little bit oh, the first hashtag blessed in a way um, for the year because Brisbane, Freo, Sydney – uh, Geelong, you expect those four teams to be up there. So, you know, having those guys with the you know the four and then the two, um, we're able, you know, start those players more than what we normally would like. Um, so, yeah, able to load up on sort of the players that you know are going to be uh, in the pointy end of the season um, will help. Um, but, yeah, it's just how we'll negotiate that round 15 by. But as I said, depending on how you play, um, and depending on even what happens and that, you know, injuries and things happen and that, it, it sometimes doesn't have to be that big of a deal. But yeah, so we'll see what happens there. All right. Well, that's it from us. We're going to go do some little segments now looking at each line individually, premiums and um, 
cheaper options, I guess you could say, that interest us. And we'll just do some little sort of 10, 15 minute segments on those and um, check it out. Check out our segments. We're going to go through the new year as well. Each team individually, like we have previously, looking at draft relevant players, rookies, premiums, etc. Any of that insight. And if you're interested in our spreadsheet as well, once it's done, please do hit us up. Follow us on our socials because it will be getting released into that new year once there's some more team insight. That's it from us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Bye. you. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry!